0: Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning.
1: This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Balk here with you on a Thursday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get podcasts from. We appreciate all you guys out there. Our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive through over at Strange Brew Coffee House here in Starkville or at Brewpolo, uh over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in White Apple.
2: That would be weird. I've never heard of a White Apple.
1: Neither have I, but it it's in, uh, looks like it's in Adams County? Maybe. No.
2: That would be that'd be really strange. No, it's not it can't be an atoms. It's gotta be somewhere up from
1: that. I don't know. Anyway, doesn't matter. It's in the, the Homachidto uh National Forest or near it. So
2: the Homochitto
1: Homochitto. Okay. Not not to be confused with Bob from Bogachitto.
2: That's right. Well now I've got to look up where White Apple is.
1: There you go. Wherever you are in our great state, if you want to enjoy strange brew coffee, it's just a click Franklin away. County. Franklin County, I mean, that's close. Yeah, it's close. Not
2: that... that far, I guess, from Adams.
1: No, no, I mean, it's not. It, White Apple looks like it's at worst a hour drive from Natchez.
2: There you go.
1: I mean, not that far. So, wherever you are in our great state, if you want to enjoy strange brew coffee? It's just a click away. It's at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. And you can enjoy what has been rated by Starkville residents as the number one coffee. Which was no surprise to anybody who had any common sense. So, pick it up today at strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. College Corner and collegecornerstore.com is the place to find maroon and white merchandise that you're looking for. They have the biggest and best selection of it in central Mississippi. Whatever you're looking for, uh, if it's clothes, they've got an incredible selection of polos, t-shirts, hats, jerseys, everything you're looking for there. But then if you just want something for the around the house, you need something for your car, something for your tailgate, they've got that coming up too. Great gift ideas. Mother's Day this weekend, Father's Day coming up not long after that. Head over to College Corner for the Bulldog fan in your life. Restaurant Tyler, Stark Bull's finest restaurant this weekend, Sunday brunch for mom on Mother's Day. Take her to restaurant Tyler and let them do the cooking. They you won't be disappointed. And then of course you just you know, there are some people who are like, hey, you know, let's 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 stay in on a Sunday. We'll go to church, but that's you know, we don't want to do anything too stressful. Take her out to dinner Saturday night. Go that route. Nothing wrong with that. So, wherever whatever meal you're choosing to eat, the best meal for you is at Restaurant Tyler here in Starkville. Sixteen Priority One Bank locations throughout Central Mississippi. Pick one near you. Just go to priorityonebank.com to find the one closest to you. Open an account and you start to find out the difference in banking local makes for you. When you're talking about, you know, a loan, you want to be able to make those decisions and have those conversations with people you see every day. That's what happens at Priority One Bank. Everything done locally. If you're a Priority One Bank customer, you already know how great their app is. It's streamlined, it's easy to use, and you do a lot more on there and just move your money around. Go to priorityonebank.com to find a location near you. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. We don't normally lead with the interview. But I think we're going to do that this this time because I want to talk about something that we talked about in the interview for, and get your perspective on it. So we'll, we'll start off with that. Earlier today, I talked with Jacob Hester, former LSU running back. He's the host of Off the Bench uh, on ESPN 104.5 down there in uh, Baton Rouge and also the host of Off Campus on Sirius uh, Sports Radio, Sirius XM, uh, College Sports Radio, Channel 84, he talks about college football on a national level. A lot of questions about the SEC, but in particular, my final questions about Mississippi State and what are his questions about the Bulldogs this year. So let's go into that interview now and hear what Jacob Hester has to say about SEC football and the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Let's talk college football. We're going to be doing it every week here on Thunder and Lightning. Jacob Hester joins me, former LSU running back, host of Off the Bench down on ESPN 104.5 in Baton Rouge, and I'm off campus on uh, Channel 84, Serious Sports Radio, College Sports Radio Jacob, LSU, that's obviously your area of expertise, so we'll start with the Tigers, the defending SEC West champions. Are they prepared this year to be the hunted?
0: It's a great question, and glad to be here. Always glad to talk college football, certainly SEC football. And, yeah, it's a question for LSU. Can they now, that they're not going to surprise anyone, go win the SEC West? But I really think that they have the team that is built to make a real run because when you look – at what's not coming back in the SEC. It's a lot of starting quarterbacks at some of the premier programs. LSU has that. In fact, I think LSU has multiple quarterbacks coming back, Garrett Nussmeyer being the backup there, and Jaden Daniels certainly being the starter. So I do think that gives them a big advantage. Right? right now, when you look at the SEC West, there's a lot of uncertainty at that position. Even if like you feel like you have a good one, like Ole Miss does, like they still have three quarterbacks maybe that are in that battle, certainly two and then you look at the Alabama situation them going to get Tyler Buckner out of the transfer portal tells you a lot of where they think their quarterbacks are right now not to say that Ty Simpson and Eli Holstein and Milroe can't be in the future good quarterbacks but right now they don't think that they're ready to maybe be QB1 so yeah what's going on at LSU but also what's going on around them. And I think when you're talking just LSU, I do think they've done a really nice job in the transfer portal. Not a lot of changes. They only add 12 players, but I think they had some needs that had to be met in the transfer portal. They've done a nice job of meeting those needs. Omar Spates from Oregon state. That's a guy that I think is going to be an all conference player, Uh, you know, doing off campus. We go across the country. Obviously we don't, you know, just cover the sec. So I've watched a lot of PAC 12 football and that was someone that he stood out to me in the middle of that Oregon State defense. Oregon State, if SEC fans don't know, I mean, they're ten and 3 football team and beat up on Florida in the Las Vegas Bowl. And they were a tough, physical brand of football. And Omar Spade's going to be a big addition for the Tigers. So, yeah, I mean, you're not going to sneak up on anybody. There's no tiptoeing around. And Brian Kelly is not really running from that. Some of the comments that we've seen, he knows. He realizes what they did a year ago in only year number one. So, it's going to be exciting. I think LSU, though, does have what it takes to repeat as SEC West champs. And so that sort of lends into itself to a natural question, right? Because
1: when you've been the SEC West champion the past few years, it's, it's mean, it means you're in the national championship discussion. LSU, obviously, last year, a three-loss team, had a non-conference loss and had two losses in
0: conference play. Are the Tigers a legit national championship contender this year? <laughs> I think they're right there on the verge of that. And, look, this is not a homer take or purple and gold glasses. I just think when you look at the roster. We leave that to T-Bob, man. (laughs) Hey, there we go. Absolutely. Let's throw the shade of my co-host there. But when you look at the makeup of the team, you're one. I mean, think about all the things that they did in completely changing what that roster was. I mean, we all saw LSU limp out of the Texas ball against Kansas State. 38 scholarship players. It looked like it was going to be a long rebuild, even with a Brian Kelly. Then all of a sudden you make a couple of moves. You bring a couple of people in, you add to the coaching staff and you are playing in Atlanta against like a team that wasn't going to lose in Georgia, but like you had moments even in that game. And then you finish off strong with a win against Purdue in a bowl game. But they they have the pieces. They they truly do. When you look at uh, going back to quarterback, you return all of your offensive line. Basically, you return you know your Malik Neighbors, who he didn't get the headlines that Kayshawn Booty did, but he was your number one receiver. You like where that room's at. So a lot of the questions have been answered. You still have some. Who's going to be the lead running back, right? You have a group right now. You have a running back by committee, but who's going to take the reins of RB1? When you look at the defensive side of the football, who's going to be your edge rusher? Who takes over for B.J. Ogilari, who was a second-round draft choice and was a really good player for you for three years? You're going to move Harold Perkins you know, from like an edge defender to more of a stacked Mike linebacker position, which I actually really think is smart For the defense, but who's going to take over that position? So there's still some question marks. This roster is not perfect, but it is a roster that they certainly can get back to Atlanta. And as you know, once you get there, who knows? And they have the players to certainly get back to that position and maybe surprise, you know, a team or two.
1: What about in the East? Is, is Tennessee in that discussion for you? Obviously, we, we know what Georgia has and, and their schedule lends itself to thinking they'll probably go undefeated, whereas Tennessee has to play Alabama and Georgia. But is Tennessee a, a, a contender in the SEC and then in the national picture for
0: you? I think they are. I mean, obviously, at quarterback, like we think, Milton's going to be able to go out there and do some of the things that he has shown in a short period of time in that uniform. Now he's been in a couple of uniforms, and he's definitely made some ooh in our plays. But I really think when you look at the top to bottom of the East, it might be stronger than the West. I think there's question marks in the West. Not to say that it can't, because we are going to ask questions. Okay, you know, obviously – Mississippi state's going to have a, a new scheme and they're going to have some new things going on there. Okay. Can they replicate, you know, being a nine win team a year ago, Texas A&M is always the great, unknown, uh, no. So there's question marks, in the West, like over in the East, I think Tennessee's going to be a solid football team. I think Devin Leary going to Kentucky. That's a player that at NC State broke all Philip Rivers records at NC State. Last year, he was obviously injured and didn't have the year that he was set up to have. So that's very interesting to me, replacing Will Levis. The way South Carolina ended the season a year ago, I mean, you're talking about an offense that, For the final two regular season games in a bowl game was as hot as any offense in the country. What they did to Tennessee, what they did to Clemson, the points they put up against Notre Dame. So South Carolina is not going to be, hey, we'll roll the helmets out there and get a victory. Uh, Florida, wildly enough, is a team that we haven't even mentioned yet because you just really don't know. I mean, Florida, Vegas win total, five and a half. Like, When's the last time we saw a number even close to that for the Florida Gators? And, And Missouri, obviously, with the defense and Blake Baker, Probably played Georgia the best of any team that Georgia played a year ago. So I think the East is going to have a lot of depth. So even if Tennessee, to back, you know, to your original question, even if they do maybe have that caliber of a team, I do think the East is going to be very difficult to navigate for everyone outside of Georgia because they do look like the behemoth that's going to be unstoppable. You sort of hit on my next question there. You know,
1: in the west, we 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 sort of know Alabama, LSU, that's going to be 1-2 in some order. Georgia, Tennessee in the east. Who's the third best team in each division?
0: That is a great question because I do think it you got a you got a two and two situation. I am in the west. God, there's so many questions when you look at the Auburn Tigers, like we didn't even mention them. Yeah. That's going to be a question mark. Okay, sitting here in, in at the beginning of May, I will go Ole Miss third in the West. And then when you look over in the East, I am a big, big fan of South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Like today on off-campus, we are going to do a full breakdown of South Carolina. And I think they have returning pieces. I think Shane Beamer is the perfect coach to be the South Carolina head coach. Remember, he was an assistant there when they won 11 games with Steve Spurrier. So he knows what it looks like to win football games and win at a very high clip there. So can they make that jump, right? Can they make it for a full season? I gave you what they did the last three games, but if you're a South Carolina fan, can they compete at that level or close to that level for a full season? Because they've got Jimmy's and Joe's and they have the coaching staff there, but you need to be consistent. Now, obviously Spencer Rattler, it's going to really start and finish with him. But that's a, that's a very tough question because, like, even that two can change, right? It's Kentucky, Tennessee, and South Carolina for me. And if they finish in any order, two and three, it will not surprise me. Now, if Georgia doesn't finish one, that would be the complete surprise. But that question in the East is tough. And then like going back to the West, I mean, I mentioned Ole Miss there. And Ole Miss is certainly a team because I think what you have in Jackson Dart, and if Spencer Sanders finds his way, if something happened with Dart, you still have a quarterback that started four years in the Big 12. And so you like where they're at as far as quarterback health. You don't know right now about Mississippi State, even though they did finish third in the West a year ago. Arkansas is still there. So, I mean, you know, K.J. Jefferson, again, having a quarterback come back is very crucial for me in this year of college football, maybe more so than any with all the movement that we've had, though. But if you're giving me to give you a final answer here in the middle of May, I'll go Ole Miss Rebels' third-best team in the West.
1: Sort of the same question, but let's talk about position groups, and let's talk about one that you should know a thing or two about, the running backs. You know, Again, the top two seem like they're pretty obvious. Quinshawn Judkins, Rocket Sanders is who's probably going to be on everybody's ballot for first-team All-SEC when we get to media days. Who are some other running
0: backs in the conference this year that you have an eye on? So you're going to be starting over in a couple of different places. And so that's going to be, okay, can you take the reins? Can you take over that job? Because like even places that had committee, like you still, you're losing multiple running backs there. So like the Auburn situation, like that's one that, okay, we got to see, we got to see what's going to happen there because you're losing a really good back in Tank Bixby. And so, he was somebody that was, in my opinion, underutilized, but still you knew the talent that he had. So you'll be paying attention to kind of see who takes over that spot there. Like as far as like returning guys, I mentioned LSU a little bit earlier because they, they were kind of in a weird spot. They return, you know, Josh Williams, a former walk-on. They return Noah Kane, transfer from Penn State. John Emery, still a situation. And we've seen this in John Emery's career Uh, Right now, he's working on uh, academics, and so we don't really know what his availability is going to be, but we have seen what he can do when he is in the lineup. I mean, the Auburn game, you probably don't win that game without John Emery a year ago. Armani Goodwin is a player. They got 45 carries a year ago. So like a running back situation, that's certainly going to be one that I'm paying attention to. Which one of those backs for LSU, if you want to be a true contender, which one of those backs can take over? Because I don't think you need – necessarily like a bell cow, like an RB one in a bell cow. That to me is a different situation. Okay. A bell cow is somebody that you know, is going to go out. It's what Clyde Edwards, you was for LSU back in 2019. He played 93% of the snaps. He led all division one running backs in snaps played for his offense. He was the bell cow, right? You had some other guys that would come in very, very spot duty, but he was going to be in there An RB one, you can have four running backs that play and still have an RB1. I was a part of a running back rotation where I was the number one running back, but we had Keelan Williams, we had Charles Scott, we had Trenton Holiday, we had Richard Murphy, we had all these guys that played behind me that had, you know, at least 50 carries a piece. And so you can still have that rotation, but you kind of need that RB1. The guy that When it's third and 11, Brian, like, you know that you can put him in there. You can count on him to know what to do, to pick up his blocking assignment, to run the right route, all of those type of things. And so when you look across the SEC, you have a lot of those situations. Like when you look at the national champ, okay, you're losing McIntosh. Like he was RB1. Edwards had 140 carries, but how do you replace McIntosh? Well, can Kendall Milton, a player that averaged seven yards per rush a year ago, can he step up? Can he be that guy? So, Really, there's a lot of places across the SEC that we know the names. Like, we know who Kendall Milton is, but can he step up? Can he be a running back that goes with some of the better running backs in the league? You don't have that many true returners. Even Ole Miss, who has the guy that you're talking about, right? I mean, he is, you know, unquestioned he is going to be the best back, at least in the preseason, in the SEC. Well, he loses Zach Evans. And so can Juckins be the same guy? without Zach Evans, right? Because he was certainly Batman, but now he loses his Robin. So can somebody else step up in that position to help him out? Because Judkins ran for over 1,500 yards, mm. but Zach Evans almost ran for 1,000. So that was a nice one-two punch and kind of gave him some different looks when he was in there because defenses had to respect both of them. So it's a it's a very unique year in running back for the SEC because even the guys that we know can do it, they had a partner in crime to do it with them a year ago. In a lot of cases, that partner got drafted to the NFL.
1: When you look at the SEC, I mean, Mississippi State obviously getting away from the air raid. They're going to be a much more run-heavy team this year. Alabama bringing in Tommy Reese makes me think they're going to be running the football. Georgia likes to run the football. For all the flash of Lane Kiffin, I mean, that's a running offense. They've led the the conference in rushing the past years. Is offense in, in college
0: football trending back towards the run? Oh man, be still my beating heart. I about I mean, say, I, this is right yeah, in your you're wheelhouse. i speaking you up. my language. I, look, I I hope so. I truly do. It. Look, you can you can win at the highest level. We've seen it with Georgia running the football. Like you don't have to be. Let me go throw it 60 times a game. Do you have to throw it more and be more open than you were when I was playing in 2007? Absolutely, you do. But there is a way to do both. There's a way to be unique in how you do it. You don't have to line up under center anymore and run the football. You can still do it out of 11 personnel with one tight end, one back, and three receivers. Now, your receivers have to be really good on the edge, but if you take a look at TCU. I think TCU is a really good example out of the big 12. Certainly we saw them in the national championship game a year ago. They run everything out of 11 personnel. Everything in their, in, in their running game is kind of available. Like they will find a way. Now you had a running quarterback in Max Duggan. So you could run some Q power and the running back would become a part of the blocking scheme, but you can become creative. You can do it at multiple looks and that way you don't have to, you know, go old school because it is probably pretty difficult to, to recruit to that. Now we understand that pro style offenses in high school. I mean, that's like finding a unicorn somewhere. We understand that that does not, exists, but you can still run those same schemes. Like Running scheme doesn't start because the quarterback's under center or if he's in gun. A running scheme, a zone, a counter, a power, an ISO, is the blocking scheme. And so you have to be creative. You can find a way to do it. I think Todd Munkin actually did a really nice job at Georgia a year ago doing that. That's why Todd Munkin is going to a team like the Ravens because what are the Ravens in the NFL? Well, they're very creative. They have a very unique personnel package that they can put together and they can do those type of things. And so I love the fact, and you mentioned Ole Miss, Ole Miss does a great job of it. Ole Miss isn't going to get under center and run that, but they're going to be the leading rushing team in the SEC because they still find a way. All of their run game is going to be up out of 11 personnel, out of 12 personnel, whatever it might be. Would I love to see 21 and 22 personnel come back and be in vogue with a fullback? I would. It's not going to happen, but it does not mean that you can't find your way to being a tough, hard-nosed, physical running team. And Mississippi State, you mentioned them as well, it's going to be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge in year number one because the air raid, and I still think the air raid can be successful – but you recruit to the air raid, okay? You recruit the offensive linemen to the air raid. You recruit kind of skill sets to the air raid. You recruit mentalities to the air raid. Can you truly, in one year, overhaul everything you're doing and try to be a hard-nosed physical run team? Mm -hmm. Yet to be seen. Because we've seen this, like, a lot of times, and it's okay because it's built into the offense, but a run for them would be a quick swing pass. Lots Mm -hmm. of toss in the air raid. Well, if you're going to change that system, it could take – more than just one year to kind of get to that. But, look, we've seen crazier things now more than ever. You you can't overhaul a lot of things in one year in college football.
1: Let's sort of finish up on Mississippi State, and and you sort of hit on something right there, but – As an outsider, someone who covers LSU more than anything, but covers college
0: football as a whole, what are your questions about Mississippi State this upcoming season? I just want to see what it's going to look like. What are you going to ask Will Rogers to do? Because you've got a quarterback that you can trust maybe as much as any quarterback coming back in the SEC. Now, I've always said this. I think Will Rogers would succeed in any style offense. It would bother me at times when people would say he's a system quarterback. I don't think Will Rogers is that. I think he's just a really good quarterback. And so I feel good about where they're at at quarterback. When you start asking me, okay, what are your concerns? I, in defense, obviously. Like, Arnett is a guy that highly respected. Like, I, I lived in San Diego for a while. I would hear things about when he was at San Diego State and how much they loved him there and the things he would do defensively. And then, of course, we've seen it play over here in the SEC. I'm not worried about that side of the football. Nothing changes on that side. But up front, on the offensive side of the football, again – not really even necessarily body type, body type plays into this a little bit, but mentality. Can you up front win the line of scrimmage to be able to do what you want to do offensively, your quarterback can make the throws. Okay. Can you hold up long enough? The pass protection is going to be different. It's not just in the run game. Can your receivers, right? They're going to be asked to run different route trees. Can they get open? It's a different scheme for them. They have to read it differently than they read a Michael Leach offense. And so, Defense. If you're a Mississippi State fan, I truly think like, and you play a, a unique style as well. I love the three-three-five elements, a lot of cover zero, a lot of aggression over there from Zach Carnett. But offensively, in one year, can you change your mentality and do the things that they're going to ask you to do? Again, you got the hardest part figured out, in my opinion, the quarterback position. I would go next to. The offensive line, and then I would go to the receiver position because Mississippi State's going to have a running back. That's just that, that, that program has always had just a hard, tough, downhill even in the air raid like they would like they put a back back there and like man I'd, I'd love to see that guy run inside zone with a tight end attached to the line of scrimmage like so that's not ever a worry for me and last year you had marks and you had uh johnson i think well price got a little time there at the end last year as well so that's a position that i don't ever really worry about with them and again having the quarterback figured out the most important part but if you're a mississippi state fan first game of the year Watch the offensive line, watch the receivers. That's where your offense has to make the overhaul changes for you to be successful.
1: Outstanding stuff, Jacob. Jacob Hester, man, really appreciate your time today. Uh, check him out, like I said, off the bench down in Baton Rouge. If you're in that area, ESPN 104.5 with one of my favorites,
0: Rivers Huey. I don't know, and I don't, I don't like T Bob, okay, too. <laughs> she did say, make sure that you tell him I said hello. So, yeah, she, uh, she takes great. care of uh, me and T. bob make sure you know we're doing the right things. Make sure we're you know showing up on time and different things. And always All I want uh, having you to, to, do to with corral
1: is make sure she never steps foot in Duty Noble again because
0: every time she walks through the gate, they lose. Yeah, so. th- is that is that is like one of the wildest things? It really Thrill is real thing. A, it, it, it is th- a real th- thing. thing. So Mississippi State is traveling to Baton Rouge to take on the Tigers this well, no, no, weekend. No, we're not talking
1: about baseball. No, no, no. I we've, know. We've moved I know. on, Jacob. We've I moved know,
0: on. I know, but I'm trying to find tickets for her so I know LSU wins I don't think you have to worry about it
1: I'll be (laughs) honest with you Jacob. hey uh,
0: hey you never know you never know that is a funny game and the way the ball bounces and all that right so you never know so I'm just trying to you know I'm trying to lock up victory (laughs) here sometimes you know Jacob thanks (laughs) about it absolutely you bet all
1: right thanks to Jacob for his time really appreciate that I thought it was an outstanding interview and uh let's move on into what we're going to talk about And that's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council, who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. Whatever you're cooking this weekend, if you're firing up the grill, throw some steaks on there. Throw some burgers on there. Or, hey, go big. Get a picanha. Get a tri-tip. Go really big with a brisket. So many great ideas. My my buddy Brian McDuff, he did a no-trim brisket last weekend. Just take the brisket out of the bag, put it on the smoker, season it up, and you're good. And uh, you ever heard the term juice
2: no, but it sounds
1: delicious. It's, you just cut into it and the juice just starts flowing. Because, I mean, what? how can you go wrong with such a simple and easy treatment? And you can do those kind of things with beef. It doesn't require a whole lot of work uh, because it's just such a great product. Head over to your local meat market, talk to your butchers, grab some beef for this weekend. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. I enjoyed some smoked southern soul food today. That makes me very happy. and I, But the thing is, as soon as I leave the restaurant, the clock starts ticking. When am I going back? It's already on my mind. So I hope you're like me. Anytime you're in Starkville, you've got to have Two Brothers on your to-do list. This weekend, if you're here for graduation, next weekend if you're going to be here for baseball, and God bless you if you are, make sure a trip to Two Brothers is on the agenda. Great products, great services is what every business likes to promise you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they have for over 48 years. If you want to talk to a real person, if you don't want to be on hold for 45 minutes with an overseas call center, if you don't want to have to make an appointment with a uh, an out-of-state technician, if you just want to talk to somebody in the state of Mississippi who probably sold you that same product that you were talking about and who's going to be able to solve your problem in a lot of the same instances that very day then you want to deal with Advantage Business Systems. Their number is 601-362-9192, or you can visit them online at absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at The Rogue, if you haven't checked this out yet, you're missing out. And with Father's Day coming right up, guys, you want to tell your family, this is what I want. I want a brand new polo from The Rogue, great styles, great selection, and it's got the logos that Dad wants. We're talking, there. there's a big thread again today on 24-7 about Adidas and how they have murdered Mississippi State through the years. Well, there's an easy way around that, guys. It's just go to the Rogue and buy a polo there. So shop at the Rogue and Jackson, shop at the Rogue.com. So you can shop online. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. This weekend, maybe take mom to, to Dolce You know, for a little afternoon m- m- treat. On uh, on Mother's Day. You know, tell her how much you love her with a sweet treat. Or any day you want to go grab breakfast there. 8 a.m. Tuesday through Saturday, they are open, and they are putting out bagels and breakfast sandwiches, the likes of which you can't get anywhere else in Starkville, plus a great coffee program. If you haven't been there yet, you are missing out. You're, 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 you're behind the times. Everybody else is starting to find out about this. You need to be one of them as well. Hopefully you've made the trip out to Dolce at 509 University Drive for a great Starkville breakfast. So let's talk about what Jacob talked about. And he said his concerns with Mississippi State, he's not he's not worried about running back. So Mississippi State always has great running backs. He's not worried about wide receiver because state's been recruiting well there so, so well there over the past couple of years. But offensively, the offensive line is a concern for him just because of the, the nature of the shift of what the air rate asks of its offensive linemen versus what this offense is going to ask. My first thought is this: when you really look at State's starting group, Cam Jones, Dollar Bill. Uh, Cole Smith, um, you know, uh, three of, at least three or four of these guys were, were recruited by Joe Moorhead, and in one case, in Dollar Bill's case, by Dan Mullen, to to be run blockers. And when you have Mississippi kids, I mean, you know Mississippi high school football as well as anybody, Robbie. Coaches in the state run the ball first and foremost. There, there's not a lot of air raid happening in the state of Mississippi. Really outside of Brandon, maybe not a lot of it anywhere in the state.
2: And that's not really the air raid.
1: Yeah. I mean, but they, 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 they are, they're not running the same splits and all that. And they're certainly not throwing the ball 50, 60 times a game, but they, they run a lot of the, a lot of those concepts, but I think it's going to be an easier transition transition than Jacob thinks it's going to be just because I think run blocking is such a mentality for offensive linemen. They love to do it. They love to put their hand in the dirt and just push guys around. Whereas pass blocking is more of a skill. You know when you think about the guys that even that Leach recruited, Albert Reese. I mean, he's a big old kid. Percy Lewis played at a junior college here in Mississippi, and he's a big old mauler. Run blocking should come pretty good to them. I understand Jacob's concern, but at the same time, I think this offensive line can be a, a, a plus for Mississippi State this year.
2: Yeah, it can. I, I think from a physical standpoint, from a really from a you know the the background of a lot of these players this is an offense that really fits them. I mean, these players all ran offenses, like you said, in, in high school that are similar to what they're going to run this year, at least from a run blocking standpoint and even pass blocking. Not many players on the offensive line come up in an air raid system. That's kind of taking people out of their element. They might be, you know, pass blockers, but there's not many guys that are coming up in an air raid system. So that's, to me, that's always going to be a bigger transition than if you're going to go to the you know the tighter splits and the pulling guards and um, the more run blocking. I think that that's going to be more in in the wheelhouse of an offensive lineman, especially inside the state of Mississippi. Uh, my biggest thing is we didn't see the offensive line truly settled in the spring. I don't think that it's going to be a you know a situation where those guys can't run this offense. I just don't know who the five are going to be. Right. But that's my that's my biggest. I don't even know if it's a concern. It's the biggest question mark right now. I don't know who the five are going to be. I feel good about most of the guys that they put in there, and I feel good about the guys that are behind them too. I just don't know who they are.
1: I like the way you phrase that. It's not. It's a question, not a concern, because. You know, and, and I, remember, I always remember something John Hevesy said about. Well, first off, he, he said a lot of things, but he talked about having eight guys, right? That you have your five starters, and then you have your swing guys. I feel like State has seven, eight guys that that they can put out there, and they're they're going to be good. You know, I feel like between Dollar Bill and Cam Jones and Lewis and uh, Lasoya and Cole Smith and Albert Reese and, I, and a couple more guys, I'm I'm just not off the top of my head or not coming to me, but. Now, now now I feel like I need to pull up the roster just so I don't sound like an idiot, but I, I feel like state has has done a good job of recruiting there of of recruiting some depth there through the through the past couple of seasons. and yeah, you you recruited those guys so that they could you know pass block and 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 run that kind of system. but I, I just feel like you're going to be okay there well you know Jackson Lahue is a guy who had a good spring. I think you could see him. oh, I forgot about Nick Jones. I, I knew I was missing a big one, Robbie jeez. But yeah, state's got seven, eight guys there that I feel I feel like I have some confidence in. So, c- question not concern is a, is a really good way of, of phrasing that. I think the first thing state has to do is kind of figure out the center position because I think that Cole Smith has been really good at guard the past couple of years. He's had some 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 really good games for them there. I think he you know I, I, he was better this 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 spring at center than he was. I, I think back to those first couple of games. Well, he was just having some real issues there at the center position. I think he got past those, but I think Lasoya might be the answer at center. Cole Smith at guard, and then you sort of go from build out from there.
2: Yeah, but how often did we see that this spring? It was pretty much just it Cole Smith running centers, which out. surprised I mean, I me a lot. I, it doesn't look like they have plans of Lasoya being the center. Mm. So, I mean, I think that's. I mean, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know.
1: I don't know about that. I don't,
2: I don't remember seeing uh, – and, and they must have seen something to make that decision. I don't I don't think they just, you know, roll with that because there were so many different pieces moving in and out, and he was solidly at the center position the entire
1: – Talking spring. about Cole Smith. Right. Yeah.
2: So, uh, you know, I uh, I think Will Rogers is comfortable with him. I didn't see anything wrong with him in, in the spring and center, so I think – they definitely seem to be better, settled. but
1: I I just maybe it's just because the last time we saw him in game as a center he struggled. Maybe that's what's just on my mind here. But we'll see how that pans out. But I, I, Lasoya is an interesting guy. You know, when State recruited him a year ago, I was like, okay, he can be a depth piece, and we'll see what he brings. And then when he was called into action after Dollar Bill's injury, he was really good for Mississippi State. Like, surprising me, surprisingly good as far as I'm concerned. Dollar Bill, Nick Jones. Cam Jones, I mean, that's a, you know, that's a lot of experience there. Nick Jones is another guy not built like a left tackle at all, but really was a, a good player for Mississippi State. And when Dollar Bill went down, he was outstanding, I thought, at, the, at that left tackle position. So you've got some good guys there. The other thing I like about this unit is, you know, in terms of a transition, is having a veteran coach like Will Friend, who's been around, who's seen it all and done it all, I think that really helps Mississippi State. Uh, make a transition.
2: Yeah, I, I just I don't have a whole lot of issues with them, what's going to happen on the interior. Mm-hmm. I think whoever they put in the interior is going to be solid. Mm-hmm. Well, Sawyer was good. We saw him last year. He'll be fine. Uh, if Nick Jones is, is at guard, he's, he's shown that he can play that position. The left tackle and the right tackle spot is – and really the right tackle spot I think is fine too because I feel like Cam Jones is probably going to be there. Right. And Albert Reese him, probably, yeah. I mean, I, I think you'll be okay there. What's, what's happening to left tackle? Nobody came in and locked that down. You know, Do- Dollar Bill has been here for five years. He needs to, it's, it's time for him to take over a spot. Um, you know, Percy Lewis, he got a year last year. He's the number one offensive tackle in the country out of JUCO. You brought him in here to be your guy at left tackle. He didn't lock it down. So I'm a little concerned with that position. I think they moved, you know, Nick Jones over there a little bit. That's kind of your – I feel like he's kind of your safety blanket. He's kind of your your guy that you feel can handle that position, but you would like for somebody else to take that over because he's not your prototypical left tackle. Yeah. But you feel okay with him there, but you really need your two guys that have NFL, you know, aspirations, two guys that have the body, have the skill set to play – offensive line for a long time. You need those guys to step in and and get something done. So that, you know, maybe the summer kind of solidifies some things there, but we didn't see anybody take over that spot that you feel great about. So that, I mean, that to me is a little bit of a concern.
1: It feels like at left tackle, Mississippi State through the years either has question marks or they have an absolute no-doubt stud there. Yes. There's never just like they're just solid at left tackle. It's either this guy's going to be a a high draft choice, or I'm not sure who that guy's going to be. That's this year, you know. Although I will say this, you know, and I I think that the coaches want to move Nick Jones to the interior. And I think he's certainly more built for that. And if you're talking about him as an NFL player, that's definitely where his future would be. But he was good there a year ago. So it it may just roll, it may just put itself into look, let's just roll him back out there and and go from there, especially if we're going to be a, a, if it's going to be a more run heavy offense. You know, having a guy who's more of a run blocker out there it's it's not as much of a liability for you. so something to consider. The offensive line is is a very interesting group and really, you know, it's kind of a cliche, but it's also very true that how that group goes determines everything else. I mean, if you can't block, then you can't do anything. It doesn't matter how good you are at the skill position. So state being good at the offensive line this year it, it is a big question. Jacob's absolutely correct about that. We'll see if it uh if it becomes a concern as Robbie said uh earlier. All right, tomorrow's show, uh, we'll definitely talk some more football for sure, but we will have to talk a little baseball. Uh, We'll preview, I'm I'm using the quote fingers, preview the series with the LSU Tigers and what's going to happen down there in Baton Rouge. It might be NC-17, but we'll talk about that. And uh, anything else pops up between now and then? I'll save it for tomorrow, but Mississippi State picked up a uh, basketball recruit uh, out of the portal on Wednesday, but we will talk about that in a little more in-depth on Friday's show. Guys, have a great Thursday. Robbie and I will be back with you on Friday. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk, Mississippi.